93.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a football Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, Thanks for spending some of your morning here with Trent and I. It's a busy day on the program. Coming up in the next 15 minutes, uh, Chris Connolly from the Iowa Event Center, Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register, uh, breaking a story. I'm going to give him credit for breaking Mm -hmm. it. He certainly wrote about it for the first time, uh, that indeed there has been talks ongoing between Polk County, the Event Center, Brian Harden over at Drake, uh, by bringing a bubble to Des Moines sometime in the month of December, bringing basketball downtown Des Moines, mid-majors, uh, who who knows who's going to make up the uh, uh, the list of schools that may make their way to this beautiful city, uh, but the um, plans are being discussed, and we'll get the latest from Chris Conley coming up here in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. That has to get your attention. It definitely does, and uh, of course you don't have to set it up in a tournament style. It can just be one-off games. A lot of these teams looking to get up to that 27, that's the number that people are shooting for as opposed to the 31 that we've seen in the past as they move the schedule back here to November 25th is when college basketball games can begin. I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing too. for not just Drake and for the city of Des Moines, but for Northern Iowa trying to get possibility of getting some high major games here. And if you can set it up in a way where you get an Iowa or Iowa State involved. You get another regional team, a Nebraska, Creighton, Missouri, something along those lines. Minnesota, Wisconsin, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. it can go a real long ways into not just doing what we need here for the city and getting some... You're not going to have tourists coming in no. for an event like this, no. but filling up hotels. Yep. You're still talking about 25, 30 people for each team, probably mm-hmm. making their way to Des Moines, and that will help out every little bit. And just another spotlight in our city. Whatever you're going to call it, however you play it out, or if they're just games that you put on television, whatever it may be, what a great thing. Let's hope this comes together. Absolutely. So we'll talk to Chris Connolly here again. Hats off to Randy Peterson. The story's at DesMoinesRegister.com. You can read it there uh, for yourselves. Uh, DesMoinesRegister.com. Randy Peterson broke that about uh, 8.15 or sometime uh, here this morning. So Chris Connolly first, then Tom Cakert. Uh, <laughs> Got a text from my friend Mike Mahon, former director. Yes, yeah. Randy was tipped off. Do you know who tipped off Randy? Mike? Sir Yacht. Oh, Sir Yacht. <laughs> that is where Randy gets all his information. All right. That's yeah. really good, actually. Good job, Mike Mahon. That, t- that struck my funny bone. Anyways, uh, look, look forward to that. Hope it, comes to, hope it comes to pass. Tom Kakert was part of the Iowa Media's opportunity yesterday to speak with both Gary Barta and Kirk Ferentz. We will recap that at 1030-ish. Uh, then we will hear from... Uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice mm-hmm. of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to get into that football game from last night, by the way, in just a second. That was unbelievable. Uh, to did, I mean, did, were you enthralled? Were you not thoroughly entertained watching those two young QBs? I was. I, I was as excited as I could possibly be for a Bengals-Browns game. I was into it. I, I was into Joe Burrow and... 
not a whole lot there. He targeted A.J. Green a bunch, but A.J. Green is not the guy that we saw just a couple of years ago yeah, before the injuries. injuries. Yeah. You can definitely tell that uh, he has lost a step, but yeah, see him burrow out there, see oh. him Baker, and just watching this Browns team and the top-level talent that they have on the squad, boy, it's baffling they're not better. It is. They, they mean, they can run the football. Troy Aikman went as far last night to say this might be the best one-two punch running backs in the NFL. I mean, based on last night, it's hard to argue. Chubb and Hunt went crazy in the game last night. But boy, oh boy, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I know it sucked. It had to have sucked being a Bengals fan, especially a longtime Bengals fan. Man, Trent, it seems like they're about to be irrelevant in a big, big way because this QB, oh my gosh. He's He's got what you want. You know, and when we heard the comparisons to Brett Favre, Mm -hmm. and more so was the willingness to throw the ball in the narrowest of windows, this was game two for him last night. And he was throwing the ball, or trying to anyways, in the narrowest of windows. He can run it when he needs to. Going to be fun to watch. I'll watch more Cincinnati Bengals football here in the next 10 to 12 years. I'm going to make that prediction right now because he's fun. And so was Baker Mayfield, who was really good last night. Yes, he was. Uh, you know, it really wasn't really good yesterday afternoon. I hate to bring this up because we're off to such a great start. Uh, your white, uh, your Twins and the White Sox, thoroughly entertaining baseball game. It was a good game, yeah. It was. Long balls all over the place. How about Buxton? We talked Trent, about that just a touch. unbelievable He's hot. locked in. Yes. That hanger that he hit out, you uh-huh. could just... That is somebody that is locked in. 12 home runs. I'd rather watch him run than circle the bases, although... (laughs) I'll take both. (laughs) Right. He can do them both Uh during the course of a game. But uh, a lead, I'm feeling good. Yeah. He had my eight on the mound. They come back. They get the lead back. And then Donaldson, after the home run, gets ejected. And and he is... can't do that, Trent. Across baseball. People on Twitter loved it. Well, Twins fans did. are Are we showing our age here? A guy in his no. 60s, a guy in his 40s, and we're showing our age. Get off. You can't do that. No. We you can't. are in the middle Selfish. of a fight for your division. Yep. Selfish. You hit a home run. If he struck out, I understand. Yeah, throw dirt. If you're that upset about it, but to do that, I don't think he would have got to the and ball. What that- we're talking about, there was, there was the count was 2 0. Yep. And uh, the next pitch came. Uh, Lopez was still on the mound. I think he was still in, wasn't he? I believe he was. Anyways, the White Sox, uh, the pitcher threw the ball, and it's it, it it was it was a ball. It was I don't know six inches off the plate, and the umpire who did not have a good game. I mean, this wasn't the first, this wasn't the only pitch he missed, uh, but uh, he called it a strike. So the count is now one and two. So they had that conversation. Baldelli had to come out of the uh, out of the dugout uh, to save his guy. Did you see Baldelli wink, by the way, at the home plate umpire when he was going back? I didn't know. Yes, he winked at him. Just thanks for you know, thanks for uh, letting me stay in the ball game uh-huh. and my third baseman. So next pitcher, certainly one of the next few, certainly in that bat, Donaldson parks one in the stands, uh, circles the bases, and as he's crossing home plate, he drags one of his feet. But that wasn't enough. He stopped and came back and completely covered it up. And the umpire granted him his wish, and he booted him. Ejected. Tossed. So they have the lead. It's 3-2. Mm-hmm. He's ejected. Yep. They lose the game 4-3. The play that he possibly could have made, I think it's still a stretch. But if he's playing third base, one of the best third basemen yeah, in the he's game. He's good. He really is. And here's the other caveat I, I need to put in there as a Twins fan. As a, Adrianza is a good third baseman himself, defensively. Mm-hmm. He's not good offensively. I don't think Donaldson gets to that ball, but... Position-wise, maybe he was pushing to, to cut in front, get to the ball that Abreu beat out for an infield single. 
and the game's completely different. Yeah. You are chance to salvage this series, a chance to stay a game back going into the final stretch of games, the last three series of the season. And what do you do? Something completely selfish. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't. It's selfish baseball. And for a guy that is continually called a great leader, that's frustrating. That That's a lot there. Did he give up the hits? No. But he would have had another bat. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he hit another home run. Mm-hmm. And this is all the conversation we're having is it is all moot. That's the frustrating part here. It was a bad look for a guy that is called by a lot of people one of the best in the game. That one certainly was not a bright moment. It, it was selfish on his part, Trent. I, it absolutely was. I saw the same reaction you did on Twitter. Twins fans loved it. They're going out and they're buying his jersey, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I, I don't know if they felt the same way at the end of the ball game right. as they did after he got tossed and crossed home plate. So the White Sox win. The White Sox clinch. Um, amazing run by this baseball team. It really and truly is. Abreu and Anderson leading the way, but Robert's been unbelievable, and Garnacion hit a home run yesterday. Uh, they've got some guys. Seems like uh, Grandel starting to come around a little bit mm-hmm. at the right time. Um, they're in. Twins will get in. Uh, but that they'll was, get the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> they'll get the Yankees. They've been able to avoid them. Uh, that was a, a fun, fun, fun afternoon of baseball. You know what? I never watched any of the golf. I was so into this game oh, yesterday. Yeah? I really was. And I watched the White Sox feed. I did. You were, you were with Stone yeah, and you were with... And I'm a Bremer guy, but yeah. just listening to Stone and Benetti, that's a good crew. Boy, they're good. Entertaining. So the American League is set. We know the eight teams. Are my Blue Jays going to stagger They're in. They're going to get in? They're in. Can we W and L the retinas? Right? No, just kidding. <laughs> we won't go there. Cough it up. The, uh, they're like, they have like a five-game lead. Do they have for, that For even the final okay, spots. So they're fine. Yep. They're in. Who do you want to see? Tampa or the A's? A's. A's in the first round. I think. Okay. As, a, as a Blue Jay fan, you're yeah, asking me? Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter. I, they're I, out I, quickly. Yeah, I don't think so. This will be good for them. They're a young team. They're yeah. not supposed to be there this year. Their pitching's uh, all, there's a lot of it banged up. Um, yeah, just just get in, and, and they will. Give them a little taste of postseason because then, Trent. Then it comes. <laughs> Anyways. Get Pearson back, and, and yeah. off they go. Yep. You're excited Spend about a little your money, and apparently they can, so we'll see. White Sox twins are set up for the next four or five years of mm-hmm. really good baseball. This White Sox team. Mm-hmm. Oof, my gosh. You know, will they own the city of Chicago? I don't know because I, I see no. the I see the Cubs spending max. I don't know what they're going to do in Chris Bryant in a couple of years. Likewise, Contreras. I don't think I think of the two. I never would have said that. I mean, Bryant's going to try and break the bank. What have you seen out of him Bryant. that makes you think that yeah, this is a guy I want to invest all this cash? Who's in? going to invest anything in him? Well, somebody will. I would... Will they? He's been bad. Yeah, he's been bad for a couple of years it's, running. It's now. been more than this year. You're 100 percent right. Four years, a hundred million. Okay, maybe. A durability, you don't know. No. You're not giving him an eight year deal. And he missed time this year. And the money that that twenty. I don't see him getting more than that. Yeah, body of works there, but not a, not recent form. No, I'm not at all. Uh, we'll see. We'll and and see. the White Sox, of course, will get Kopech back next year. Uh-huh. Uh, the rich get richer. It's going to be a fun, fun race here in the next couple of years with the White Sox and Twins I... and Indians that are. I understand why they're uh, they've been selling parts. I think they saw this day it was this coming. Day coming. Absolutely, I will. Um, since I've made one prediction on my uh, that I'm going to watch the Bengals for the next dozen years, I've never been to Guaranteed Rate Field. Oh, really? Never been. I've never seen a White Sox home game. And you I'm haven't missed anything. Off. Well, I wanted to see Comiskey Park. Sure, yes. I would have loved to have seen that. And for whatever reason, as close as we are, I, I never got there. Um, Make sure to wear your bullet 
proof fest. Yeah, especially if you're in the upper deck. Oh, right, that story is apparently uh-huh. legit too. That's that that story because um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm looking forward. The south to side's rough. It. it can be. I spent some time on this because the race tracks. Hawthorne okay. was there. Sportsman's yeah. Park it used to be. Now it's a car track. Um, yeah, uh, is what's it called? Cicero. Okay, Cicero, Illinois. Yeah, it is rough, um, but um, I want to. I want to get there. I want to see that team. I want to see that ballpark. Not that it's special, no. but you go to Chicago. You go to Chicago. You're going to see a baseball game. You go to Wrigley, right? You're going to Wrigley. That's what you do. No, 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 we'll see. Anyways, uh, I didn't see any golf. Did you? I didn't Little watch bit. it. I wasn't into it. Flipped it on. Watched more of the uh, the golf channel like highlights late in the evening. No. Watched that for a good half hour or so, and watching the big hits of the day, watching Justin Thomas do his wow. thing. You know, I did see Zach Johnson's oh, putt. How but nuts that was, was on that? Twitter. Trent, I've never, I mean, come on. Did you see the, so you the have the- Both angles? The second yes. angle from back behind, behind and you see him. the double ridge yep. where he throws it up. Because you see the first one's like, well, that's weird, but I guess you can kind of understand it. And, and then you, you see it from behind. When you watch the first one, that's a hell of a putt. Mm-hmm. But the second, it doesn't do it justice how good that yes. was. Yes, exactly. It just kind of looks like he threw it up on, on the back ridge there and it came back down. You look at that second angle. It's incredible. I think I retweeted it at our, our account, either my account or, or Miller and Condon. You can find it there on Twitter. If you haven't seen both angles, that mm. second angle, it's absolutely incredible. Good for Zach. Have a, a highlight there and getting a lot of love. But you know what I would like to have seen, Trent? I would like to have seen the discussion before the putt with his caddy. Yeah. Because this was obviously planned. Right. It's not like he mishit the damn thing. Right. Uh, and uh, off, off it went. All right, real quick. And the other highlight from the night last night, and you alerted it to me. At halftime, I went away from the game. I was back in the puck. Uh, by the way, Tampa Bay will play the Dallas Stars for the Stanley Cup. It begins tomorrow for uh, the hockey fans in the audience. Tampa Bay uh, and the uh, Dallas Stars. Tampa, I think, is minus 165. But real quick, the yeah. uh, Joe Buck, you, you alerted me to it last night. Did you did, see it? I did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it was great video. Great video. We're both Joe Buck, Buck fans. I don't get the haters. I There's haters get, in everything. I know. I guess. I, I don't understand it. I mean, this guy is a solid. Look at the body of work, the World Series, the Super Bowls. If his name, and we've said this before, was Joe Benton. Joe, fill in the last name, not Buck. I think that people would be more willing to put this guy where he belongs. And in my opinion, Trent's opinion, where he belongs is at the top of the list. And he's getting into Canton, and he's following his dad, Jack Buck. And that was pretty cool. Because they teased it um, at some point in the game. Did you? Were you watching the game when Joe Buck thought that he let a secret out of the bag when he said, and Troy, your jacket's going to come, your, your yellow jacket's going to be brought down here at halftime. And Troy said something to, oh, you weren't supposed to say anything because Buck didn't know was you know, they were about to yeah. pull this surprise on him. But he knew that there was something because apparently they were bringing uh, Troy Aikman's Hall of Fame jacket down to the... I hadn't for, even caught that. Yeah, no, no they said it at halftime. And, uh, anyways, uh, so as we talked about at the beginning of the show, there may be, we may be, on the cusp of hosting one of those bubble tournaments coming up this December uh, at Wells Fargo Arena. The season, as we know, gets underway November the 25th. There's been some talks, apparently, according to Randy Peterson's article. Tom Hawkinson, a Polk County supervisor, uh, is quoted in the piece. Chris Connolly's part of it. Brian Harden from Drake is quoted in the piece. And here is the general manager of the Iowa Event Center, Chris Connolly, to tell us more. Chris Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for doing so at short notice when I saw Randy's article 
article this morning. I jumped right to uh, uh, to my Rolodex to reach out to you. This is something that's been, you know, kind of hypothetical, tossed around when Trent and I are killing some time in a segment type of thing, never knowing that these plans were actually at least in the discussion phase. Uh, good to talk to you, Chris. Would you say is discussion phase is where we're at at this point? Yeah, good morning, guys. Nice to be with you. Um, I, I would absolutely say, you know, it's very preliminary. Um, you know, on our end as an arena and everything that's going on with COVID and how we're impacted, uh, to even have the opportunity to host something like this would be fantastic. I mean, just for the arena itself, the Iowa Event Center. And then obviously, if we could put something like this together with Drake and the Convention and Visitors Bureau, it would be great for the hotels and just the economy. So, for us, if we have the opportunity and we can make it work, it's a no-brainer. And as you guys know, there's been talk throughout the country about different types of bubbles in different areas. Um, I think Sioux Falls is doing something. I think yep. they land at one of those preseason tournaments. And so that'd be great. And it has been preliminary conversation. And obviously, on our end as a facility, although we're down and it's not our normal business, we are still hosting events. And availability, I think, on our end would probably be key. With that, you mentioned uh, the possibility of one of those exempt tournaments. Uh, a couple of them go into Sioux Falls. We're seeing Florida, a couple of different places involved with that. Any possibility that that would be there? Would this just strictly be a bunch of one-off games? And teams could come in and play multiple games, but not a true tournament setting? Is that what you're looking at? You know, Trent, I would say that that's probably a better question for Brian Harden. Because okay. Brian, the university or whoever we'd partner with, they'd probably lead the charge on that. Um, as far as we're concerned, it, it does look more like a bubble piece where Drake would, would line up some other teams to come to Des Moines and play, you know, almost like a round-robin set of games. Um, as far as a preseason tournament maybe moving here, I mean, I guess that's always possible, but I, I haven't seen that as a possibility right now. But, you know, on our end, we'd be, we'd be open to any of that. But I would be clear that it would be the university that would lead the charge on setting gotcha. all that up. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's mid-majors and Drake wants to be involved. That's great. We talked, Trent and I were had, uh, discussing Northern Iowa, and they're going to be yep. really good, and we hope that they'll get some opportunities. Your first answer, Chris, I think you kind of uh, uh, said something that we should pick up on. Availability going to be such a key, and you don't know when the Wild are going to play, although following Canadian hockey media, as I do on Twitter, Elliot Friedman, dot, 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 seems like early December, maybe when the AHL is looking at starting their schedule, I've seen nothing on the Wolves. So availability-wise, is there, you know, not knowing those two leagues' schedule, is there a a couple-week window that maybe we could pull this off, even if it means weekdays? Kenny, I think so. And What we know now is, what is definite, and talking to Ryan Grant, starting with the Wolves in the G League, we know right off the bat that initially we were holding dates in December for a potential December start. In the last two weeks or so, we've been told by Ryan uh, and G League that we've been able to release our December holds. They will not start earlier than January 1. We know that for a fact at this point. So that would clear the month of December. That's, that's one piece. As far as the Wild are concerned, Ken, you're right on. It's, we don't know yet. We have dates on hold in early December going through mid-May for the Iowa Wild season. Uh, and talking to Todd Fredrickson, and Todd's very tuned in with what's going on at the AHL. He used to work for the league, and mm-hmm. it's been great. His relationship with the league's been great. So we feel like we're on top of what's going on. What we're hearing is that in the next two to three weeks that we should have um, a clearer picture of a return-to-play 
plan for the AHL. So whether that starts in December or January or potentially even early February, we don't know right now. But that's a big piece when we were having conversations with Greg Edwards. And I haven't talked to Brian personally myself. It's really gone through Greg is really just hanging on, waiting to see what's going to happen with the Wild. If the Wild were to start um, January 1 or later, again, our December schedule would be freed up. And we'd have the ability to do something like this. And if the opportunity presents itself, we'd love to partner with the Convention and Visitors Bureau and Drake, who was our last partner on the NCAA tournament right. in 2019. Yeah. Another thing here, Chris, is when you look at the way that it's set up, of course we have Wells Fargo Arena, but mm-hmm. other places to put basketball floors. Of course, without fans in attendance, it doesn't have to be a big arena, not just the Nap Center, but I know you mentioned in the piece with Randy talking about some of the halls that you guys have and putting floors yeah. there. How many courts do you think would be feasible to pl- play high-level college basketball? Yeah, and, and again, I think I think in our model, Trent, you know, the games, the official games would all probably have to happen at Wells. Okay. But what we talked about is we could use Hy-Vee Hall to lay other floors down for the teams to practice. Oh, so gotcha. if you have six, eight teams in a bubble, right, you're going to have days where they're off yeah. and they're going to need to practice. And listen, we've done that all summer. I mean, we hosted a Nike AAU tournament in Hy-Vee Hall and Wells, and we can lay down multiple courts. We have our own courts here. Um, that's something we'd have to coordinate. But I think, you know, that's one of the things that I talked to Randy about yesterday is we have the space. So if we used Wells as our main arena to host the actual games, uh, in theory, we could lay down some other hardwood floors in our halls. Teams would have, you know, a secluded space to practice in and be ready to roll. And I think that's something that can happen. We probably couldn't host a major college basketball game in one of the halls, even without fans, just because of infrastructure and technology and stats and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not set up in the halls like it is in Wells, but it is set up where we could have the teams practice. It'd be unbelievable. So if we are all at Wells Fargo and if there is, you know, eight teams or whatever and there's games during the, during the day or the afternoon and a couple at night, would you, I would have to think, right? There would be some fans that would be allowed to attend, maybe not, you know, close to the floor. Um, but would, would, is that part of the plan right now that there would be a limited number of fans that would be allowed to watch this? Or is this television or online only viewing? You know, Ken, I'll tell you, on my end as a venue manager, we have not gotten that far gotcha. talking about fans. What I can tell you is, though, that even even this weekend, we have professional bull riding in Wells Fargo Arena, and obviously we'll have fans in for that, and it is actually being televised on CBS Sports Network on Sunday. So based on everything that we can do in the state of Iowa, we are hosting events. We can have fans. That would be more of a discussion with, with Drake and the, and the schools that would participate. Um, can we do it? We absolutely can. We just haven't gotten to the point of how that would look um, in terms of how many fans, who, and, and all that good stuff. But the only thing that we're limited to right now is we can have fans. We just have to set it up where they can social distance. And that's where you do your pod seating. And we've done that for PBR. We've got a other, couple other events that we're working on right now where we, we'd introduce the pod seating. It lowers your capacity, but it's something you can do. And you guys know, even for PBR this weekend, even if we won't have the same number of fans as normal, we will have fans in the stands. And that's still, that's still a real positive. So a couple of uh, people checking in on Twitter, somebody asking about bringing Justin Timberlake in. Concerts uh, looking forward, anything on that front. And uh, somebody also asked about the Frozen Four. I know it's the great unknown right now, but possibility of an event like that. Uh, What have you guys done in in terms of bidding for, we know the NCAA men's basketball tournament, they'll be handing out bids here soon, but uh, on some of those other fronts. 
Yeah, I think first to answer that on on the concerts, I think it's going to be a while, guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it's concerts. You know, when you look at Elton John and Michael Bublé mm-hmm. and some of the bigger acts that we've had on the docket here that we've had to postpone and reschedule, you know, you can't put those shows on in the arena and be able to social distance, and, and you can't make it work financially. So, I, I think it's going to take a while. I think you're probably looking at uh, the summer of '21 until we start mm-hmm. getting touring musical acts back into Wells Fargo Arena. But this is a fluid situation, so hopefully sooner than that. But I think a lot of these artists are trying to be safe, you know, and I think they're trying to wait this thing out a little bit. And it's more than just the artist touring. It's their whole road crew, and it's everybody, and it's 40, 50, 60 dates. So I think that's still up in the air, but I think it's going to be a number of months before we get musical acts back. As far as the Frozen Four goes, there's a lot of challenges there for us in that I'm not sure you you need a host institution or a host Mm -hmm. league. We don't really have that in the state of Iowa. We don't have a program that, that is at that level. So that would be hard for us to do. Can it happen? Sure it can. But I think, you know, for the foreseeable future, we've been successful with NCAA men's basketball. First and second rounds come twice. We have a bid in again. We should know in the fall. And that's kind of been our sweet spot. And, you know, people talk about the regionals. Regional stature-wise, obviously better than first and second round. But in terms of an economic impact, first and second round brings in eight teams and eight different fan bases, and it's fantastic. So I think as far as NCAA events go, that's our focus for now. That's the way it works in our scheduling. And uh, I just think Frozen Four would be a bit of a stretch based on how we're set up here locally in Iowa. Uh, Last thing for you, Chris, we have like 30 seconds left. Uh, If this is going to happen, this bubble tournament, when do you think you guys will have to, you know, have a plan in place and present it to teams? Uh, It seems like that window, it's not end of this month, maybe? Yeah, I can. It's got to happen quick, right? Yeah. And I, I can even tell you guys that we have a phone call today, myself and Greg and Brian. We're going to jump on the phone and talk about this a bit. Awesome. You know, on my end, I can't speak for Brian. I know he's further into this process than than I even know and probably Greg even knows. And that's why we're going to jump on a call. But you got it dead on. It's going to have, have to happen quickly. We're going to have to put it together sooner than later and i think that's why a lot will depend on our scheduling and availability but we should find that out soon and, and hopefully we have a chance of making this work we're all uh, we're all supporting this when music to our ears chris Conley from the iowa event center chris uh, first of all again thank you for coming on uh, a short notice we appreciate it chris and uh, hopefully that uh, this comes to happen uh, comes to pass appreciate it you bet. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you do the same. Chris Connolly. Good for Brian Harden over at Drake. Boy, he's mm-hmm. proactive. Love, that. Love ADs that are proactive. Um, good for you, Brian Harden. Let's pull this off. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, it'd be incredible. Oh, my. Flip on ESPN, middle of the afternoon. I love Let's seeing events in, in my city, and yeah. this is my city. It's, it's not just mine, but you get my point. It's our city. Right. It's all of our city, and it would be really cool to see. It's a great concept. It's yeah. worked. We've seen bubbles work, and yeah. these teams are looking for games. They're looking for games that... You can also cut down on costs. Mm-hmm. You get all those major conference teams around here to make the drive, couple-hour drive here, and then you play. You come in, you quarantine, you bubble four or five days, and then you start playing games, and you're playing mid-majors, and then maybe you ultimately get Iowa versus Mizzou, mm. Nebraska, Iowa State, Creighton, Minnesota, along with the mid-majors that are here, not just you know, South Dakota State comes, yeah. and you get you and I, and Drake, and a few other mid-majors from around the area. be a great concept. I, I hope this is pulled off, and 
I think it will be. Well, they're talking about it, and we found out there's a phone call this afternoon with the principals. So onward and upward. Tom Kakert next. We'll get into the Hawks. Uh, the Iowa media had an opportunity to speak with both Gary Barta and Kirk Ferentz yesterday. We'll recap that. You Chiefs fans, the voice of your team. Mitch Holtis joins us in about 25 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO10.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Tom Kakert, Hawkeye Report momentarily. Mitch Holtis in about 15 minutes, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Kakert will be in our fair city tonight. He'll be watching Valley and Southeast Polk. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you're, good. you're on the call of that one. You can hear the game um, in tape delay at 11 o'clock, but you can watch the game as well. Yeah, right? catch it live at CISN, CISN TV. No cost this season. You can find it on YouTube. Just search Central Iowa Sports Network, CISN, and it'll pop right up. Valley, Southeast Polk, and the most... Division one prospects ever in a game wow. in our fine state. That's unbelievable. Uh, Hawkeye Report and the Rivals Network has a, a really good offer going on right now. 50% yearly subscription. They're even going to throw in a free t-shirt. The George Kittle t-shirt. The People's Tight End. Uh, Tom, that's a pretty good offer. Thanks for coming on. Let's uh, start with that. Uh, we owe this to you. Uh, let's talk yeah. about that offer at Rivals. Yeah, it's a, you know, just a, kind of a thank you to everybody for hanging out, uh, hanging in with us and uh, 50% off a subscription, yearly subscription, and we'll throw in the, uh, the shirt that's at Breaking Tees. So they've got a lot of different things in there at Breaking Tees, but the one that Iowa fans are probably interested in is the Kittle's got his own line. He's got like <laughs> some mass luchador shirts and the whole bit. So he's got a bunch of them in there. So, uh, yeah, we'll throw in a, a free t-shirt if you want the Kittle one and get you a George Kittle shirt. Good stuff. Well, t- take advantage of that offer. Uh, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, let's uh, get into yesterday, the uh, press conference with both Barta and then later on with Ferentz. I want to start with the schedule, Tom. Both kind of alluded to it. Maybe as early as today, uh, the Big Ten and the schools may know their opponents and when those opponents will come up on said schedule. Yeah, I kind of expected it to be out this morning, but, um, you know, that was just a guess. Nobody had told me anything of it. It just seems like the Big Ten likes to pop things out first thing in the morning to, uh, you know, any news things. They don't, they're not usually a late afternoon news dump type of uh, organization Mm -hmm. under Kevin Warren. They've just kind of popped news early. So, um, but maybe we'll get it today. Um, I do like the idea that maybe Iowa and Nebraska hooking up on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get that back instead of uh, know what it was supposed to be. Um, maybe they'll do that. Uh, I, I think Bill Moose has said he wants that to happen, and I think Bart is on record as saying he's open to that. So, uh, But it'll be interesting. Um, I think what you're going to see happen is everybody's going to play who they were scheduled to play, but you know six of the games already because right. you're some divisional games. The cross games, I think, for Iowa will probably end up being Penn State, kind of that natural um, the the kind of committed rivalry game that they have, and then so you get a home game, and the home game was scheduled to be Michigan State, so I think that's what it'll end up being. Not too bad. Hope the uh, that that turns out to be the case, and 
That's not a bad thing to drop Ohio State off really? the schedule, even though fifty five twenty four happened. Them, play them December. Play them December nineteenth. There I you like go. How, yes, I, yes. I, I like the way you're going. There, you're Tom. thinking very, very well. You know the the idea that they came up with here, not just the championship game, but two versus two, three versus three. Is this something that has a chance to stick down the line? That they they continue to do this in some form or fashion? Yeah, think of the years that. Michigan had only one loss. Penn State only had one loss. And giving these teams one more data point, if you can pull it off, I think it's a great idea. Would you anticipate this something they're going to work on? I I wonder if it will be allowed. That's mm. just all I, I would think. Because then essentially you're playing a 13-game yeah. season for yeah. everybody. And it's not just a championship game. And I think the uh, powers that be will, will mm. object to it. And there will be other conferences that probably... Uh, raise an objection to it as well. So I love it. I think it's great. I think that that's kind of, um, you know, making uh, lemonade out of some lemons because mm-hmm. this season it was a lemon, uh, you know, that they got dealt. So I think this is a really good idea. Yeah, give the seven versus seven, the six versus six, some extra practice time. You know those bowl practices that everybody. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm with you, Tom. I don't think that this is certainly going to get a rubber stamp. I hope it gets at least on the table and it comes to a point of discussion. Maybe uh, just an eight game conference schedule. Your ninth game then will be that okay. final game. Also, one last time That'd for Ohio State to lose to Iowa or Purdue during the regular season. <laughs> I get it. I see That'd be you, great. I see what you're thinking. Uh, Tom, let's, uh, you know what? And I didn't realize this yes, until yesterday when uh, Trent brought it up um, that, that Iowa may potentially have some opt outs, Colbert being one of them that's, that's rumored. Uh, that question was asked of Kirk Ferentz later on. It sounded like maybe multiple, and I was just, you know, trying to listen between the lines. And there, or there may be none. We don't know yet. But what, if anything, do you know, Tom? As far as will there be some Hawks that decide uh, that they don't want to participate this year? And I'm certainly not holding it against anybody, by the way. No, um, it was back back in August. It was pretty well out there that Colbert was not going to. John Colbert was not going to play. Um, now, could he have changed his mind? Uh, now, sure, sure. I think that's. That's quite possible that he ends up changing his mind, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Alaric Jackson was another one that was kind of maybe on the fence a little bit, and um, but he posted an Instagram picture of himself in an Iowa uniform. So uh, after the football came back, so I think he's probably back in now. I think what you're seeing um, is those guys that opted out are all just deciding they're going to play now. Yeah, try to. With- Bateman with Minnesota would be gigantic for the Gophers yeah. because that takes them from being, you know, middle of the pack probably to a contender for the Big Ten West title. And in my opinion, I, I think that just really elevates them. And maybe Purdue gets Rondell Moore back. That's going to elevate them and make them really good offensively uh, to an already really good offense. So it's, Freermuth's back it's, at Penn State. He the tight end. He's opted back in, and he's a first round pick. The biggest. Yeah, and the biggest Penn State one will be Micah Parsons. Oh yeah, he, but he right now. Yeah, that that one. It's a great question, Ooh, and we still we wait. He's a top five pick. Those decisions. What's gonna yeah. What's gonna play out here, and, and what kind of season? Another thing, I do wonder. A guy like Larry Jackson, he goes out, plays three games, four games, gets really good tape, but I will lose his two games. Mm. Are we going to see guys like that? That you know what? We're not playing for a title anymore. I got the tape that I needed. Now maybe is the time to opt out. I, I don't think it's a stretch to assume there's going to be some of those cases, Tom. 
there's going to be some of those cases in college football. 110. percent There's yeah. if you if you're done or uh, whatever, you know, you're, you're five games in. You got a lot of good tapes. You're getting good feedback. Uh, your team is one and four. Um, yeah, I'm done. I, I'm good. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you. You know, I could see that'll happen a lot. Mm, Tom Kakerd, uh, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Uh, Tom, so when I, I guess now they can can they do some any activity? No pads until the thirtieth. I believe that's the first day uh, of the uh, of the testing, uh, the fifteen minute test that everybody daily testing that will begin. What can they do between now and the thirtieth? They're going to be able to do 20 hours a week. So it was at 12. So they're going to add eight hours of work in that they're going to be able to do until the 30th. And that's universal across the Big Ten. We did, all did some, all of us uh, who covered the Big Ten for rivals did some checking with each other yesterday via text and uh, emails and things. And we're like, yeah, everybody's hearing the same thing. So it must be the, the 30th when they get um, the testing going. And, and that is why... That kind of explains why they went with the 24th instead of the 17th. Also, because, you know, some places are having pretty monster yeah. outbreaks, like Wisconsin right now has yeah. a bunch in the, you know, within their program. So, um, you know, that's part of the reason as well, I think. Tom, uh, look to tonight and, well, two things. First, you're going to be here for the. Valley Southeast Hope game, a ton of D1 prospects involved in that one. And also the ongoing saga with Arlen Bruce, the future Iowa Hawkeye, as he tries to get eligibility at Ankeny High School. Your perspective, you're obviously further removed from it from us, but you're also on the recruiting side. That and the game you'll be at tonight with the Rams and the Tigers. Yeah, I just don't get why they haven't. But, I mean, let's just have some compassion during a really tough time for everybody. And he's done kind of the bare minimum that you needed to do, which was move. And, his, you know, his, yeah, his brothers are still living down in Kansas, but that's fine. Who cares? He's up here with his mom, and they're making it work. Um, just let the kid play. Let him enjoy his senior year instead of making this such a, a, a bad deal. Uh, tonight, the, the Southeast Polk Valley, I mean, like you talk, talked about, Trent, I mean, the most you want players. Ever in an Iowa, Iowa high school game, I think. So it's uh, I'm anxious to see the 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 Wampa kid from from Southeast Polk. He's he, good. He's just he's just piling up. I mean, yeah. Ohio State's already in on on him with an offer. I mean, he's just killing it on both sides of the ball. I'm excited to see Caden Proctor, the big kid who I've heard about for about three years now. It feels like that. Um, you know, that he was going to be this, the, maybe the next Tristan Wirfs. And, um, you know, he's a, an exciting player. And, um, I've known the, the Rubley family, um, you know, forever since high school. <laughs> uh, so I'm, you know, um, uh, went to high school around the same time as TJ Rubley, uh, Jake's dad. So, uh, I'm anxious to see, um, TJ, uh, tonight and, and to see Jake play too. Uh, Tom Caker at com. Tom, I wish we had more time. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, Randy Peterson posted a piece. Apparently there's talk of a bubble in Des Moines for basketball early December. Yeah. No teams mentioned, uh, but boy, it certainly uh, seemed like the, that I would make, uh, be a pretty um, logical spot for the uh, Hawks to at least get a couple of games in. 
Yeah, I've heard that's that's kind of popping up. So that would be great if they could do something in Des Moines. And, um, you know, hey, let's play some in-state games, too, by the way. Yeah, I'm all that. for it. Please. Uh, HawkeyeReport.com for that terrific offer, 50% off on a yearly prescription, a subscription, not prescription, subscription. <laughs> uh, the T-shirt gets thrown <laughs> along with it. Tom, thank you. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Tom Caker. Enjoy our town tonight when you're here. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kickard, HawkeyeReport.com. That's quite an event down there tonight, Trent. It is. It's going to be big time Ooh. and limited capacity. Yeah. You can check it out, CISN TV, and the replay at 11 here tonight. Uh, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, well, he's Mitch Holtus. He'll be here. Papa John's makes it possible. Mitch will join us, preview the Chargers and the Chiefs next. Miller and Condon till noon, Claxon's Barbecue in hour number two. We'll give away an opportunity to win some of that. 1460 KXNO 106.org. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As promised, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs off to a 1 0 start. The quarterback turned 25. He's getting old. <laughs> yesterday, uh, Patrick Mahomes' birthday yesterday, spent some time out of his birthday actually retweeting or commenting on a tweet by Brody Brecht regarding letting Arlen Bruce play, which yes. was great. Uh, good to see that. Let's get Mitch Holtis in here. Mitch Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on, Mitch Holtis. How are you, sir? Good, sirs. Uh, yeah, ready to uh, handle this first road game. Indeed. Off to SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles, to see the Chargers who win a real dogfight uh, with the Bengals and Joe Burrow in week number one. But let's go back to a week from last night, Mitch. Uh, the curtain uh, came up uh, on another season. Um, as we talked about on uh, Friday when you joined us last week, it was it was great to see. Um, since you've watched back the tape, etc., did anything... Uh, the, not that you missed, but maybe that we didn't spend enough time discussing uh, jump out at you. Well, we, we touched on it last week, but as I watched the video, I just became more enamored with the line play. And honestly, Iowa State Cyclone Colecio Simile and his impact and how he has become contagious on the offensive line. Houston basically uh, you know, gave the San Francisco approach, relied on the front four. When you do that, if you handle the line of scrimmage, then you're going to be able to run the ball, and that's what the Chiefs were, were capable of doing uh, last Thursday night. Uh, then on the defensive side, I just thought that I didn't give the defensive line enough credit for handling the line of scrimmage. Chris Jones was unblockable. Yeah, he was. I mean, if he plays like that all year, oh, my goodness. Uh, but also saw from a negative standpoint, not, not negative, but the challenge where the Chargers will challenge him is the second level of the defense, the linebackers, not only in the run game but in coverage. And that's where Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry like to make their uh, make their harvest. And so the Chiefs will have a challenge in the second level defensively, including our Hawkeye, Ben Neiman. Will you guys be making your way out there? Are you going to be broadcasting from home with the video feed? Home with the video feed. Mm. And it has been it has been a wow. It is we've had to reach uh, out to even like Tom and Matt Donaldson and their scientific NASA <laughs> minds. I, I feel like we're in the Apollo 13 mission. Uh, we will have, we cannot watch what you will watch. We have, uh, we've, it's been months of working on this. And of course we have the highest ratio of people who turn down the sound and watch in the national football league who turn down the sound. And even though it's Romo and, and Nance, people wanted, they want the local flavor. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's the highest in the league. We're proud of it, but it's got a match. And so we're, I'm, as soon as I hang up with you guys, I'm going to a meeting 
on that very thing. It's going to be interesting, so I'll give you that report next week. Absolutely. Uh, Mitch, when you look at this Chargers team, I really like the defense. I know Keelan, you know, the offense, mm-hmm. they got some guys. You mentioned Hunter Henry's good player, obviously. Keenan Allen, terrific. I'm not sure about Tyrod Taylor, where he fits and, and how long you'll keep that gig. Eckler came out of nowhere last year. But defensively, uh, this secondary, and I know they're without James, and that's clearly a blow because he's so damn good. But yep. Harrison Hayward, really yep. good corners. Up front of Bosa plays and he's questionable with Linval Joseph now and Melvin Ingram. Defensively, Chargers have something going on. Yeah, and they've held uh, Mahomes down. Last year, Mahomes in net passing, the NFL does the stats different than college, uh, but net passing, uh, Mahomes only had 180 and 174 in the two games, and they're able to do a San Francisco kind of approach. They get enough pressure with their front. They don't have to send blitzers. Um and then they get physical in the secondary. Iowa Hawkeye Desmond King is back there yep. as a nickelback who's very good and underrated. Uh, so yes, they do pose a challenge. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go in another direction. I'll tell you where Tyrod Taylor fits. And here's our stat of the morning: in the last eight games, last four years against the Chargers, the Chargers have given the ball to the Chiefs 18 times, 18 giveaways. Jeez. Possible to win. Uh, although they beat the Chiefs 28. 29-28 in a Thursday night game. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor has the second lowest interception ratio in the history of the NFL, only behind Aaron Rodgers and just ahead of Patrick Mahomes. He does not turn the ball over. And the other stat is he's 25-21-1 and one as a starting quarterback. He ambushed the Chiefs in 2017 when he was quarterbacking the Bills. I think he fits. Anthony Lynn was sick of seeing turnovers, and they're getting Justin Herbert ready. But in the meantime... Play to the defense, and Taylor won't hand you the game. Do you anticipate, speaking of Herbert, if it goes rough and we saw some rough stretches for Taylor, are they going to be that quick with the hook, or do you think this is more Herbert weeks five, six, seven, eight, something like that, before we'll see him for the first time, if things are going south for the Chargers? Honest, honestly, Trent, it could be like the 17-year with Alex Smith mm. and um, yeah. with Mahomes. That's become the prototype. Teams would love to do that. Yeah. If they're in the hunt, I think they're going to be in the hunt in November and December. Why would you make a quarterback switch? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play all year to Taylor not turning it over and play to the defense that Ken was talking about and then rest Herbert in the on-deck circle and turn him loose next year. I think that's the perfect world for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. Mm. Uh, defensive, or I guess uh, team health overall, Mitch, uh, for the Chiefs. Ward was, I, I think he's on the injury report, but it's, it's not a lengthy injury report after the first week, correct? No, three guys. The most notable, or not notable, I think the most serious would be Colin Saunders with an elbow injury, at least from a duration standpoint. Still don't know about Ward. I mean, we're going to know more later today. Uh, but he had a broken hand, had some surgery, but as a corner, you can play with All a right. broken hand. You cast it up and you go, even as a, even as a corner. The question is, uh, Seward loves to play physically, loves to get the punch at the line of scrimmage, and I think that that's the determination. Can he get... Uh, enough of a punch to reroute a receiver and play that press coverage, or will that hand preclude him from doing it? We don't know that decision yet, uh, but even if he misses this week, I don't think it'll be a long injury. And then, of course, uh, a one week from Monday night. Uh, everybody's got that if you're a football fan. You've got that one circled. Baltimore hosting the Chiefs, and maybe they'll do so with a bunch of folks having Papa John's pizza delivered to their door. That makes a lot oh, but, of sense, but- right? Can wash your mouth out with Canadian soap. That game doesn't even exist. You got to take care of this game first. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Because Tyrod Taylor will ambush you. Yes, and I don't know about you guys, but I haven't tried this new grilled chicken 
new, I love buffalo chicken, anything buffalo. They have this new grilled buffalo chicken papadilla for six bucks. And I've seen images of it online, and I'm like, I got it. I think I'm going to have to try that. So, um, actually, uh, the, the Donaldsons have a spaceship that looks like SoFi Stadium. You know, it's a $5.5 billion stadium in L.A. They have a spaceship that they park in Johnston uh, that looks just like that stadium. They can get here within seven minutes Didn't know that. from Des Moines. I may just say a Papadilla, you know, Papadilla for lunch. Uh, and find a place for them to land their spaceship. For six bucks, how could you not? It's a hell of a deal. Mitch Holtis, thank you. <laughs> we will, uh, we'll talk to you we, next week, Mitch. We should all have papadillas. Papadillas for everyone. Absolutely. It's a great idea. What a concept. Right, See you, buddy. Take care. Thank Good you. to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, right. voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Emma Bob, Trent, and I will start off our number two talking a little football. We've got a baseball segment coming up. Matt Snyder going to join us. What time? 11.25 or so. Okay. Claxons and our picks. Busy final hour of our week. Well, not Trent's. He's got football tonight. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.